0: Goal. Goal. Pull, up, pull up slash State's schedule though. I didn't look at it. Someone told at, me they have a...
1: At Stanford, at Idaho, versus okay. Montana State, at Montana, at yeah. UC Davis. No playoffs.
0: Welcome to the official podcast of FCS Fan Nation with your hosts Kyler Neal, Matthew Frazee, and Jamie Williams.
1: FCS fans nation. These grizzly bears from the podcast have awoken from their slumber and we are done with summer heading into the fall. Welcome to season seven of the FCS fans nation podcast. Kyler Neal, Jamie Williams, Matthew Frazee, coming to you live this morning, afternoon, evening, when you're catching the inaugural episode of Season 7 for the upcoming 2023 FCS football season. We are so thankful to be back, and thank you for listening to us, guys. Today or night, we start this podcast season off with what we did last year, so the second annual Jamie Williams Top 120 Seven teams. That's right. Where else is somebody ranking all 127 squads in any division anywhere except for the best and hardest working stats voter that exists? Mr. Jamie Williams. And he is here tonight, but I'm going to give the floor to Kyler first and ask how his summer's been. We got to do a little catch up for the fans who've been wondering where we're at uh, before we get to some of these rankings. Mr. Neil, you're looking great. How is your summer, buddy? Are you ready for season seven?
0: No, I hate this place. I hate you guys. It's super hot here in Texas. Uh, since I've moved down here, you know, it's normally a few hundred days every summer. I don't think we've been under 100 in, shoot, like a month and a half. So you guys can't tell. New place, new me. But um, this place gets real hot, and I'm not doing any decorating because we're moving in about five more months anyway. But this office setup, is on top of my mini fridge. And since it's so <laughs> hot in here, guess what? The mini fridge is open. My legs are in my refrigerator right now. <laughs> and there's cool air going in places you don't want to see. But this is the only way I'm gonna get cooled down for this podcast. Right You're past go. that gross tattoo. You're, oh, it's it's cooling it down. Uh it's a little wintry down here in uh, Kyler's Netherland region. But uh that's the only way I'm doing this podcast. So I
1: deal. I like I like the background, very uh, und FCS title ish, you know, in terms of Just what's trash. all back there, and you know, very, back looks, there. looks very nice. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Williams, it is so good to see you. You seem to be rocking some pretty mixed apparel tonight. I know I'm off the wall as well, but boy, you're kind of going with a combo here.
2: Yeah, we're gonna let you uh, try to tell us why you're wearing that later, but yeah. I think if you think back to last season, you could easily figure out what I have on. I've got Montana State shirt, incarnate word hat. What those teams have in common is they lost in the semis last year. So I'm not gonna give any prep you know props to the Dakota States. We're gonna go one layer down to the guys that almost got there and uh we're gonna actually just this is really cool hat, it's a really cool shirt, but uh it just happened to work out that way and uh that's what I'm wearing tonight.
1: Yeah, dude, the, the gear yeah. looks sick. Uh, the new Jeez mic looks awesome. Yeah, looks like you got the fast food stuff. Welcome right? to Good Burger. <laughs> uh, yes, I uh, am rocking a, a beautiful Grizz hat. And as you guys know, if we do not like promote this, but uh, we get DM'd all the time. If you send us your team's apparel, we're going to wear it. So we do appreciate all these hookups we've received. Behind me, you've got hot sauce from Danny Johnson in the back. And I haven't tried it yet, but it's probably going to murder me. The UNLV shirt that I'm rocking tonight, that's right, is given to me by my brother-in-law, Adam Moyer, who is a UNLV diehard fan, mostly for basketball because he grew up in Vegas. And he said, I want to send you this shirt. And we wear it on the podcast. I said, well, it's not really FCS. And he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. You have to wear UNLV. Because with all the realignment, UNLV represents one thing. It represents all the FBS teams that royally, royally suck and should actually be in the FCS, and they wouldn't even make the playoffs. So in honor of all you FBS squads who actually totally blow and would blow the walls off you, um, we're rocking UNLV tonight during realignment because you are part of the you suck, you're just lucky to be where you are uh, crew. So, Well, you morning.
0: know, we beat them, Howard beat them. UNLV <laughs> is just an FCS punching bag.
1: What's not terrible, gentlemen, is Jamie Williams. And if you are watching live on YouTube, uh, is our 2023 season preview, the top 127 teams for this FCS season. We've been doing this throughout the team series on Facebook and on our Twitter page, but now it's time to see some things. And we've got some few fan questions to answer at the end. A great way to kick all this off. So Mr. Williams going to give you the floor, my man um we're just going to be responding we'll let you ask the questions and we'll jump in and we'll let you get this season preview top 127 underway
2: all right guys as you can see you know we're ready here we're gonna we're gonna do is we're gonna go through each conference this year and as a conference you'll see where i have them ranked and when we get to the end i'll show you 26 through the end the top 25 and then i'll answer some questions but in the meantime we're just going to be giving you a season preview of each conference along the way obviously You know We'll spend more time on others and uh, less time on on some others, and uh, we'll see. But uh, if you look down in the uh, bottom right there, you'll hear about walk-on apparel here a little bit later. Uh, But we do have somebody uh, uh, representing us uh, that we will represent this year. And with that, we're going to start with the big sky. Um, Got a haves and haves-nots to me. Uh, Served with Montana State. Got Idaho. Uh, I think both of those teams are top ten teams whereas Sacramento State, Weber, you know, we've got a little run from 13 to 16 there, bookended by those two with the new coaches. Uh, so we looking at um, Kyler's Eagles and then on down the line. So, Kyler, big sky. Um, first off, what do you think here, and uh, who do you think can uh, make a little, little jump and uh, who's going to be, you know, crying uh, from the preseason ranking
0: here? What do you think? Actually, I, th- I think it's a – pretty accurate list of uh at least how you'd rank the big sky um you know i do think you know Sac state weber state they do have a lot to prove right now because of new coaches they lost a lot of their you know offensive firepower but they still have a lot of talent especially weber state on the defensive side and Sac state on the offensive side so they still bring a lot back um, you know montana they're at 14 um you have a lot of these teams a little bit higher than i do But that's just me. Maybe I think uh, the big sky is going to be a little bit more down than it typically is. I think most of those between Sac State and Weber are are anywhere from that 13 to really 22 mark. Um, And I don't even have Weber State ranked in my top 25, which is pissing off a lot of people. But I want to see kind of what they're returning uh, before I just give them that nudge. Um, Eastern, yeah, I, I think 54 is probably pretty fair for what they were last year. I do think they're going to be quite a bit better than they were last year, but with that schedule, it still could push them right around 54, even though I don't think there's going to be 50 teams that will beat Eastern this year. Um, NAU, yeah, probably 59 is probably accurate. The rest, yeah, I don't really have a lot uh, a lot of negative to go off this. Um, I have Montana State at two, but what is two and three? Who cares? <laughs> it's the same thing. It just depends on which team you think is going to be a little bit better But since Montana State brings back, what, 18 people? And pretty much ninety percent of their whole offensive production. It's hard to think that they're going to be worse than they were last year. Um, same with Idaho; they should be better than they were. So, I mean, I don't have a lot to say, even though I think I think the Big Sky regresses a little bit. It's still a top two conference by far, uh, but the complete order of yours, I don't, I don't have really any disagreements. Just maybe different yeah. numbers.
2: And before we get too far, yes, I know I could take the whole pioneer and just make them like 110 all the way to 127 or whatever it is, but uh, didn't quite do that. I gave them some credit for for what they did last year a little bit. Uh, and, a and that.
1: That's fine, Jamie. The so I, I'm only curious. I'll just throw in always ones. What I'm doing in the background here, folks, is if you're not watching on YouTube, you should be because you can see Jamie's rankings here. Uh, but I've got Sam Herter's Hero Sports popped up and I've got Athlon Sports, you know, the stats official top 25 poll. You know, they have Idaho sitting there at number seven and uh, you have them at number eight. Sam's got them all the way tied up to number five. But really a lot of offseason discussion about the Idaho Vandals. Are they a paper tiger? Are they they had such a big turnaround? Um, is it, it does that mean that they're just going to keep rising up? Obviously, we love their coach. We think the program's going in the right direction. Are you as sold about like a top 10 ranking? Is that because of a drop off in the FCS or where's your thoughts on Idaho? Cause people are all over the board. For me,
2: I had them initially when I first did my first draft, they were at number five. And the more I thought about it, I want to see a little bit more before I say they're knocking on the door of the semifinals. I know the McCoy Hatton connection looks great. Should be great again, but they did lose some games where you thought maybe they would, have won. They lost the that, that game down in uh, Southeast Louisiana. I really thought they had that one in a in a barn burner, but that's the kind of game that, that Southeastern plays. They're used to that, and, and they wound up making the extra play. So I, I feel like, for me, eight seemed fair. I've seen people have them down 10, 11, 12, and on down, just because they, they don't completely believe. They feel like they got a softer schedule last year. Well, they'll get the opportunity this year to prove it, um, outside of the two FBS games that are really quite winnable. They, they could take one or both of those.
1: Yeah, it would be interesting to see if their defense wasn't awful by any means last year, but um, there was definitely some games where you know you could have seen some improvement there. So we'll see if they get some defensive help right there. But yeah, man, love it. Big Sky, top two, like Kyler said. Couldn't agree more. Great list. Yeah, that's a Big Sky. So we're going to move on to the
2: next conference here, which is the new conglomeration of crap. It's what no is longer... This? This is, is the this Big thing? South OVC. So, I did my background colors as conglomeration crap as their new logo, which is terrible. <laughs> um, but you can see over in the orange on the left is is the Big South teams, and then the um, OVC teams are over on the right. Um, I could not put Tennessee Barton in the top twenty-five, or even the top thirty. They just I don't see enough from them. I, I don't. I think they're an okay team, but not great. Um, Southeastern. Missouri, Southeast Missouri State. I really th- think is a good team. Paxton Delarne at quarterback. Gino has at running back. I think that team could really give some people fits, but they're not going to really have that opportunity to prove it until the playoffs. And I haven't looked at any of these guys' schedules. I really should have. I just haven't. Um, Gardner Webb gets a little respect at the end of the top twenty-five for really just having a a really good season and you know getting a playoff win over a, a pretty good Eastern Kentucky team. And they went and got stomped but give them a little respect for the season they had I know it looked like seven and six but they played three FBS teams and two of them they played within a possession so with Nari at running back I think that's a good team but other than those two that I really talk about I don't see much from this conference at all I think it's just a mess and they're just scrambling to get a bid
1: UT Martin is, you know, in the stats poll, they sit there at number 22, you know, which is all the voters combined. And then when you bounce against Sam Herter, you know, a guy we respect quite a bit, um, he doesn't have them in there as well. So he doesn't have them in the top 25. You've got them all the way down to 35, though. So you're looking at and I mean, heck, below SEMO, below Gardner-Webb, just not a lot of faith there. I know they got the transfer quarterback from Buffalo. They got some a big playmaker on the defensive side, good running back. But you just don't see it, huh? You see? see I don't. Just they,
2: and, yep, just like the last last year, every time you thought they had a chance to take that step forward, they would lose, and they just weren't there. So I, I they're one of those let-me-see-it teams, and, and I have a lot of those teams from about 26 to 40. Because when you look at the way I broke down my top 25, from about 12, 13 down to 25 was really difficult because there's a lot of teams that could qualify – And then as you get down towards the back end of that, there's another 15 to 20 teams that you could make an argument for. And people have made arguments for some of those teams, but that's where I'm going to land right now. And, you know, the field will um, tell me what it looks like as we move through the season.
0: Yeah. I, um, I like most of this, man, this is just an ugly, ugly little partnership. Uh, It is what it is, right? Um, I get it. Most people are going to have Gardner Webb right around their 25. It is what it is, right? They got a, They did get a playoff win because everyone sucks um, in those conferences. And, you know, the opponent they played, sorry, EKU, you sucked. Um, I will just say this, and I'm not advocating for my team to be in the top 25. Some people online have done that, and I've roasted them for it. We deserve to be closer to 54. And the Gardner-Webb deserves to be somewhere closer to 25 to 35. What I would say, I would bet the house we beat them by double digits if we played uh, I just don't think anyone in here is good. I don't think Semo, you know, is the eleventh best team. Um, I think you could probably take everyone from Tennessee State and put them between one and two on that Big South side. I think even Tennessee State is probably better than Bryant. The Big South just give up. You're you're making the Pac-12 look not desperate. So um, yeah, <laughs> Big Big South just needs to give up. And what a, I don't want to be mean, but this is just ugly and stupid.
1: So this is this is not a holy cross. This is not a holy cross situation. Are they I mean, sharing
0: a bid though? Are they sharing a bid? Yes, they only get one. Okay, good. Cuz yeah, this yeah. is a
2: oof. Yeah. Yeah, I just Gardner Webb gets in there right now because of I get it. What I'm, they not did, gonna, but, I'm not going I'm not No, do so I understand. Does it,
0: but <laughs> yeah. I would feel so confident <laughs> that my shitty team last year would still be Gardner Webb. So
2: like I said, Not much to be said yeah. about this conference. You've got a couple of teams, really one team, and then we're a lot of let, we'll
0: see. Let me ask you a question because Lindenwood, would, you know, they've actually had a few decent years from their transition. Do you think this could be a year where Lindenwood would becomes, you know, maybe the top two or three team in this little partnership is I think they could be,
1: they were one of Jamie's biggest jumps from the team series. From what I noticed of his okay. rankings from last year to this year, it's a I think big, they have some big promise. I think and, they do too. Looking
0: at this, I, I mean, I haven't dove into, you know, everyone's schedules, Looking at this, I could see them being, you know, the second or third best team in this little partnership.
2: Yeah, and I think they beat Central Arkansas last year, which was no slouch. So I mean, they're they're coming along. So that was kind of the shock
0: of the year for Linden. Yeah, beating Central because they they uh, that wasn't close, was it? Didn't they put a Uh, beat down
2: on it? uh, I think it was a high scoring game that they pulled away by ten. But I mean, still to go in there and, and beat that team is is you know. That's that's an accomplished team that's that's yeah. seen playoffs and, and with good players and and they went in yeah. there and they they won. I don't remember if it was at home yeah, or away. I, like, but... I like what Lindenwood's going to bring to the table. Yeah, in the conference. so I think Ro- once they get um, you know eligible, they that, that might be a team you got to watch.
1: Robert Morris, they're ranked 126. They're out of 127. They were 0 and 11 last year. So I think the 126, you're hoping for maybe one or two wins. But I'm going to give Robert Morris a little bit of hope. Jamie did rank Lindenwood 129th out of 130 teams last year. That's
0: only because he said all the new people, I'm not no, going to rank say, you anymore. Just
1: saying, then they jumped up, not saying that Jamie's wrong, just saying they move all the way no, up to number No, I was validating because
0: Jamie said all these new teams, I'm just going to rank them at the bottom, even though I think they're going to be better. I That's remember. right.
1: Oh, yes. So Jamie's so he defended his he words. He said
0: they would be better than what they're being ranked, but he just... Didn't want to
1: do it. Well, maybe Robert Morris can jump up halfway up. So I like it. All right, Jamie, before I go colorblind from this weird combo conference, what's the next one on our docket?
2: All right, this is the one that's going to get a lot of talk about, and it is the Coastal Athletic Association. I, I, I don't know. They changed their name. I don't know why. I guess adding that extra state made them feel more coastal than colonial. So good for them. Um, I will. Say, I give a little plug to Sean Anderson, not for his top twenty-five, but for his uh, interview with uh, <laughs> Commissioner Joe D'Antonio the other day. Uh, Sean did a great job uh, leading that discussion, and and you know I could I could buy what what the commissioner was saying. Uh, as far as the CAA goes, uh, you see, I've only got three teams in the top twenty-five, and I think that's about what we're looking at. Somebody will probably jump up, but this is a three-bit conference. I mean, it's just. They went for quantity over quality to me, and uh, Wayman Mary should cruise to a seat if they can beat UVA, they're going undefeated because they don't play hardly anybody in their schedule. I don't have it pulled up, but I I know they avoid New Hampshire and Delaware. I'm not sure if
0: they play Villanova, I know they play Richmond. But This, this is a conference that has just by name recognition and you know, budget um, so much potential, right? Like even without JMU there, I mean, you look at, you know, New Hampshire, a blue blood pretty much, right? They're just on the outside, Delaware, Villanova, Richmond, uh, Rhode Island, I don't really care about, but then you have Towson who's had good years, you know, NC, and T, um, Maine, right? This is a team that should be very competitive, always should be about a top two conference. And it seems like every year it's starting to regress a little bit. Now I think they're going to get more than three teams in, not because it's deserving, but because when you look at every single one outside of Maine's OOC, they play a middle-of-the-road, you know, FBS team and then two typically really easy teams um, where they're going to stack their wins. And then, you know, since there is so many teams, what, 15 teams now, you're going to have some of these teams who don't don't play anyone, all right, but are you going to really leave a nine-win CAA team out of it? And that, that's why...
2: Yeah, that's why I say you. I think the one of those teams because of that it, to watch is going to be Monmouth. Yeah, uh, just because of because of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, none of them have that. really. Out, Maine has a brutal out of conference schedule, from what I remember. Again, I'm I haven't really looked at anyone's schedule for the most part, but I just remember because someone said no, the CA plays the toughest out of conference. So I I remember looking up all of them. And no, no, they don't. That's um, not true. Yeah. They, no, they have a very weak out of conference schedule. Uh, for a bulk of them. Hey, it, it is what it is, right? You're in a location where you can do that. I wish my team could do that. I would fight for it all the time. Give me two cupcakes, and then you're going into a tough conference because the CA is still a tough conference. Um, but man, I don't know. I, th- I think we're definitely going to see more than three CA teams in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, we we showed it on the YouTube screen here, but uh, definitely William and Mary's um, schedule, definitely different comparison to some of these others. I mean, that thing is pretty easy, especially if they can, we'll see what happens against Virginia. Um, Richmond there, Jamie, you called them last year. So uh, you kind of said, hey, Richmond's going to be the team to watch. And they didn't win the conference, but they still were much better than I would say most people would have predicted. So you nailed that one. Is there anybody in here? like Amos's, uh Aggies or, you know, the highly recruited Camels? Like, is there anyone in here that you felt like you went much higher than where other people are thinking? Uh, you know, I'm not sh- real sure. I think a lot of people have
2: Richmond in their top 25. I'm on record before, and I'll say it now. I, I don't see it for Richmond. I-, I think they dropped from the 27. I-, I think they still have a good defense. I think they've got some weapons, but I don't know where they're going at quarterback. And with – to have Udinski you know, leave, come in as a stopgap. They've usually had a guy, and I'm sure they'll have a guy, but just not a team I believe in this year. I mean, this is, this has to be the year for Rhode Island. They need to be the team that jumps up. Uh, I'm very low on Elon. A lot of people are, are still thinking Elon's one of those borderline teams, and maybe they are, but to me, I don't see it. Like I mentioned, Monmouth, I, I think they might be a team you have to watch just because of what, you know, I don't know how their schedule rolls in, but, uh, they, they might be a team to watch a and T they look like a four win team to me, but they could maybe surprise some people. They got
0: probably the roughest conference schedule out of everyone. So yeah. welcome to the CA, right? You struggled in the big South. Welcome yep. to the CA. This is not going to be an easy road, but if they can get four wins in their first one and they play all the other top tier teams, uh, futures looking up for AT. I have a quick question for you though, Jamie. Yeah. So William and Mary, right? Bill and Mary, um, at number seven, then you have number ten. Are you anticipating only one quarterfinal team and maybe zero semifinal teams coming from the CA?
2: Yeah, I, I think their ceiling has just dropped. Where you, you would expect a team to be a semifinal team and then somebody else, right? You know, in the quarters, threatened for it. I, I just don't see it when you look at the whole landscape of the FCS just I think New Hampshire is going to be really good and could be a quarterfinal team, Yeah, but it's borderline. And and William and Mary, they lost when they should. And I think a lot of people see how they lost and like, Oh, they're not any good. They're still very good. So they return a lot, but number seven feels fair for me. uh, And they're going to run through it. And I I don't see how I could really seed them when, you know, obviously rankings of seeding are different when you come to think about the committee. I don't see how they're going to get a top four seed, even if they run the conference. Although, if they beat UVA, the kid, committee does seem to like those those wins. So, I mm-hmm. think they're a semifinal road team. So, okay, that's shown to be kind of Achilles' heel for teams out of the CAA. Even my team, when they would have to go on the road, but usually they were going to some decrepit dome up in the Upper Midwest or Colgate.
1: Well, CAA they used to. It seemed like you know, it's it's different landscapes now. Back in the day, it was like. They, they, it was always like an outlook as bright as the sun that they were going to the semifinals, and they would just take the belt to other teams, you know. Right. But now something has changed, you know. There's not as much sun; they're not taking the belt to anybody, and like I don't know what has changed that made the conference dip a bit. But I don't know; it's just weird. So they're just missing maybe one thing that held them up a little bit. I don't know what what they, happened. They
0: there. look they look a lot like you know the early 2000s to 2017, you know, Big Sky, but at least you always had a title contender out of there. And I, I don't see a title contender at the CA right now. No, no, I, th- I think but the rest of it, it kind of reminds me of the big sky from just five years ago. Still respected, but it's not it's not the same as, you know, the yeah. Missouri Valley or the CA was back then. Right. There was a little yep. bit of a gap. Now, I think every year, the last few years, seeing the gap keep increasing uh, okay. from the CA trying to get back up to the Missouri Valley and big sky.
2: Yeah, I think the SoCon is much closer to the CA than the CA this year.
1: Ooh, yeah, well, can't I can't wait to get to that for Kevin to hear that reaction. Yeah. That'll be good.
2: It'll be a while. They're in alphabetical order uh, by conference here. So, kind of reverse of the team site series. Where's Lehigh? Yeah, way down 100 and something, I think. So. Good, we'll see any other, any other CA thoughts, guys? No. no I,
0: I'm just excited to see kind of some of these new teams and, and what they're going to do. It's just, it is kind of a bummer that, you know, A&T gets gets the most brutal draw. When some of the other ones just don't, because there's 15 yep. teams in a conference, right? 12 yep. is a lot, 11 is a lot, 15 is a lot. It's kind of obnoxious. But yeah,
2: AT, really good coach, I think, uh, hired Vincent Brown, who was a defensive coordinator at William Mary. So I think they hired a high quality guy. So hopefully Sweet. things will be looking up for that team because,
0: you know, I like Amos. He's a good guy. His Where, team deserves does, to be excited. Outside of the spring season, when does Delaware get back to being Delaware? It's been a while since outside of that spring season, right? That Delaware's been Delaware. The, C, the the FCS is better when Delaware is good. And it's always
2: been what I said. What do they do in a quarterback for Delaware? That's been a thing for them. And Nolan Henderson was that guy. Then he, he just would battle an injury and it would set him back. But he's gone now. So uh, they've got to see, uh, find a guy again. So I know it's hard to always say. Let me see what they got at quarterback, but it's the most important position.
1: We'll have to see how it plays out, Jamie. And next, the playoff staple, the Ivy League, right? Yep.
2: We won't say a whole lot about them. Rank the Ivies, you bastard. I did. They're 32, 39, 40. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think Yale's pretty good. I think they might show up on some people's ballots right there at the tail end. Um, Princeton, Penn, Harvard, Columbia, Cornell, they're all kind of Mid-level teams that could they could all, probably all beat each other up, and then you've got the, the two doormats at the bottom. But we won't say too much about the Ivy because hell, they won't go to the playoffs and uh, stand behind their academics. But it's it, we all know it's it's money based. Yeah, soon
0: we'll see Stanford there.
1: Yeah, it's because sad. College, yeah. It is sad. College football is not about money, so these it's all. crazy. <laughs> yeah. ooh, big drop off here. Yeah, big big
2: drop off. I, I've got North Carolina Central up there at seventeen. Yeah. Solid. I think they're a really, really good team. It they should be better than last defense. year, too. Yeah, uh, that offense, explosive quarterback. Gosh, he's so good. He just he embarrassed uh, old prime time there uh, in the celebration yeah. bowl. Just kept every time Jackson State would score, Central came back and scored again. Oh yeah,
0: that was a fantastic game. Yeah. Especially yeah, ending overtime. Yeah, that was a great game. He'll be.
2: I mean, he'll be. Very high on my ballot, I, I think, for the uh award, and I'm sitting here um, delaying because his name has just completely um, escaped me, and now I feel really bad because he's really good.
1: <laughs> question for that, you, Jamie. That's, a, that's okay, Jamie. I'll, I'll edit this last 30 seconds so we'll make you sound smart.
0: Uh, no, I do have a question for you, Jamie. So, you know, South Carolina State, uh, last yeah, year they were kind of the ones people thought would at least, you know, go with North Carolina Central to potentially win the MIAC. What's happened to them? Why do they have such a big drop-off? And do you think that maybe they can surprise people and even yourself and jump up these rankings a little bit to compete for that MIAC title?
2: I think they can just because they're another well-coached team. I think Buddy Poe is one of the top coaches. And And even the previous year, they went in and just choked away Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl. So. So that that team is definitely one that um, if somebody's going to jump up, it would be them. Uh, Davius Richard is the quarterback from uh, North Carolina Central that I couldn't come up with, and I apologize for that because he is a phenomenal player, and he's going to be somebody that when people talk about Walter Payton candidates, he's going to be high on there because he's going to have a pretty good week every week. I mean, and then from there down, I mean, there's not much there. Delaware State does seem to beat somebody every year. Yeah. Um, but not enough to really move a button. But, yeah, I think I think you picked out the right other team. South Carolina State, it feels almost disrespectful to have them that far down, but yeah. they just were terrible last year. Um, hopefully they'll be able to, to bounce back and get up in the 40s or 50s this year. Does the MEAC win the Celebration Bowl again and again? Ooh. I, Ooh. They seem to always win it, and as long as North Carolina Central stays healthy, I, I would say – they're the odds on favorite to win because obviously we'll find out when we get to the swack, but right. i don't think jackson state's going to be the opponent
0: yeah seriously Ooh. florida A&M and m and jackson state that are the front runners right yeah yep so we
1: will not say famu, FAMU. i will not i will <laughs> not butcher it this year famu
2: <laughs> now we're going to get to Boom. some of the big boys here okay. so we saw back in the big sky that we had i had montana state at number 3 I'm keeping North Dakota State at two. I initially had them flipped, uh, just thinking how much Montana State has coming back and how much the bison lost. But it's number two, it's a respect number two, to be honest. And they deserve to be there. Um, I could definitely see North Dakota State losing one game. I could see them losing four games. But I think they're gonna have to go on the road at some point in the playoffs this year.
0: I think North Dakota State, they really got to improve on their run defense. Uh, I actually do think Montana State last year, and it's weird saying this, I think Montana State and Sac State would have beat NDSU. Um, styles make for matchups. That's the one area North Dakota State really struggled that last year is defending the run. And those were two teams who could run the shit out of the ball, uh, where I think actually Incarnate Word matched up a little bit worse with NDSU than maybe those other teams. But probably Incarnate Word matched up better against South Dakota State than anyone else did. So, so, like, right, these styles make for weird matchups, but it is what it is. But, again, two and three I don't think really matters. I think you're kind of underselling the Valley a little bit. Um, and, you know, last year I said the Valley would take a big step back. Seemed to be I was right in that. Um, I think mm-hmm. the Valley this year, uh, they're going to jump back up to that one spot. And I do think, you know, between 8 and 25 here and maybe even 18 and twenty or 33, I think some of those are going to be ranked quite a bit higher than, you know, the big skies – 13 through 16 that you had. Um, so that's kind of where I'd play some switching. But overall, I mean, the Missouri Valley should be pretty dang improved this year.
2: Yeah, The one I thought about was Northern Iowa because I really like Theo Day. But I need to see them not lose a game randomly to some podunk team that they shouldn't. But yeah. that should be a playoff team this year. North yeah. Dakota should be a playoff team with yeah. Schuster. Southern Illinois could definitely bounce back. I, I like what Youngstown State brings back. Back, even though McLaughlin's not there, so I I completely agree with you. I I think that's clearly going to be the number one conference this year, Um, but I'm I'm just a little bit muted to start, and uh, I like to you know want to see some more results after a couple of uh, down years. But I did raise Youngstown State up in the top 25 because I initially had them in the mid 30s.
0: Oh yeah,
1: I think a lot of the debate is um, and is North Dakota State, Montana State, two and three. And I'll give the Jackrabbits their uh, their pun here. It's splitting hairs oh. mm-hmm. <laughs> between NDSU and Montana State because both of your passing offenses blow. They're terrible. Yeah. They're awful. <laughs> You're basically triple option teams. Um, NDSU doesn't have receivers or tight ends to save their lives right now. Um, and Montana State, nothing impressive there either. They're both going to pound the rock, control the time. We all know about that. The one thing I will defend NDSU a little bit is – it is flipped this year from last year. Last year, we all failed by NDSU, lost five defensive linemen. Four, four of them were starters. Jackson Hanky, their big middle linebacker, who was just a tackle monster, another linebacker. They brought back the whole secondary, and we just thought it would rinse, wash, repeat. And sometimes that doesn't always happen. To be a little defensive here of NDSU, at least on the run defense, knowing my squad is, especially if you follow Dom Izzo's tweets and some of the other Bison people, it's guy after guy of, should be prime for a big year, should be prime for a big year. And it's just these redshirt freshmen, sophomore juniors, D linemen, linebackers who were like, had four sacks last year, had three and a half this many tackle for loss. It was young and there was a lot of injuries. You got the most twins coming back as well. Do they have that linebacker who can just stick the middle and prevent basically an a gap run for the most part, combined with growth amongst the defensive line? I think they're going to find that this year but that might not solve a lot of the issues in terms of an entire secondary turnover and a lot of offensive issues. So uh, credit to SDSU for being so far beyond all these other teams yeah. that uh, it's just fun to argue, I guess, about two and three now.
2: Yeah. We, we can't get off of the Valley without talking about the defending champions. I mean, I think South Dakota state, I think we all have South Dakota state. Number one, by far, I don't know anybody who doesn't. And if they do, then they're just trying to evoke some clicks.
1: And they here's, bring everybody back. <laughs> yeah, here's the SDSU-NDSU difference. We all said the same thing about NDSU last year, and people are going, we said it about the Bison. The Bison actually lost players. <laughs> yeah. And then we just said, they'll be fine. SDSU, you've seen the tweets. I think with the portal and everything, there's like seven or eight guys gone from last year's roster. The few they lost in the portal are names. I have no idea who they are. Nobody would know. I, mean, so, yeah. I They mean, lost
0: Tucker Craft. That's about it.
1: And they've yep. got this is the twenty nineteen in yeah
0: end of the season wasn't
1: he yeah and they've got Hines their tight end who's a yeah, freak anyways and yep. SDSU guy. has so many guys coming back. This is the twenty nineteen recruiting class that they nailed that all has COVID years. Those Yankee twins are coming back. Mm-hmm. Their entire offensive line is coming back. Oh, and then this guy called Mark Gronowski, who is the best quarterback in the FCS. <clears throat> And we can move on from there and debate that on a different day.
2: Well, and the other thing people will say, was, well, they have a coaching change. And usually I'll put something to that, but they promoted from within a guy who lives, breathes, eats, sleeps, at SDSU. Stiglmeyer would not have retired after a national championship, in my opinion, without the right guy in place. So I don't think they'd miss a beat. I think Rogers is going to come in and, and more of the same, more of the same. It's the same philosophy. So, uh, unfortunately, I think we're just watching everybody else fight for second, um, which is less fun, but, you know, it is what it is. We're used to that. It's the FCS. All right. And our next conference on the docket is the NEC, uh, Chris Hammond's favorite conference. (laughs) This this is where you do find some Dukes uh, now that JMU's gone. Um, Duquesne all the way down there in 88. I believe Merrimack might be eligible this year. And last year, they either tied or would have won the conference versus St. Francis, and I thought St. Francis' NDC team was decent. They gave Richmond a run, um, but Merrimack might be eligible this year, uh, so hopefully they won't play a bunch of D2 teams.
1: Uh, Merrimack becomes postseason eligible in 2002-2023 and Stonehill in 2024-2025. Okay. There we go. They can be in there.
0: The only thing I want to add about this conference, because just looking at it, ugh um i don't think anyone's top 50 that's just my my two cents but they do have the best mascots across the board the red flash the warriors the sharks the skyhawks the blue devils the seahawks man that's that's a cool conference just in terms of who, who their mascot is everything else dude i got nothing and i don't care Yeah,
2: you know, some of them are in some pretty decent you know metropolitan
0: suburbs yeah so it's you know fun travel Hopefully yeah, I don't they, mean... they can improve and, you know, hopefully they play something other than the, the Patriot League in the playoffs. It'd be nice to see some of these teams travel out West.
2: Yeah, just to see how they would match up, which wouldn't be well. But, you know, that's what you get out of the NEC. And, you know, sometimes their team will beat Towson. What happened to Central Connecticut State? They had one year where they had – a bunch of guys that were seniors that were very good. And then the next time they didn't, and now they're terrible. Right. Yeah.
0: That's <laughs> a drop off.
1: AKA AKA, is like the Mac. It's like, you're going to build
0: up, you're going to have a team that's going to be really good that year. And then it's going to yeah, like <laughs> Duquesne, you know, in my head, I'm always like, ah, Duquesne has a chance to run this league. And then, you know, and they don't. And St. Francis has kind of been that team the last few seasons, but um yeah, you, I see Duquesne and I'm always like, yeah, Duquesne should win CCSU. They should win. Um, no, nope, no, nope, they're just not doing it.
2: Yeah. Duquesne
0: might be a little bit better than 88. They got a couple of transfers that
2: might on okay. you know, each side of the ball that might help them, but they're going to stay here for now. And, uh, St. Francis, because they won, you know, they won the conference. I'll give them a top 40 ranking and then yeah, we'll see. And that's fair. So as we heard earlier, we do have uh walk on apparel is, uh, going to be a sponsor of our podcast this year. Uh, started by some really cool guys, uh, mm-hmm. that, are from FCS schools. Uh, So FCS Fans Nation podcast is brought to you by Walk On Apparel, specializes in FCS and mid-major apparel, believes every fan base should have quality apparel options to rep the school they love. Along with you receiving a high-quality product, as we always mentioned, 10% of the profit from every sale is donated directly to that school's athletic fund. So visit walkon-apparel.com to purchase your FCS and mid-major apparel. Limited schools are currently available with new references releases monthly walk on apparel up the fans up the culture dude
1: so that's, so, that's s- so sick that they it's a clothing brand where like you buy the shirt and money actually goes back to the school's athletic fund yeah like and it's not even connected to a school whatsoever like this is just all about giving back i mean that, that's that's a cool way to support things it's a way better way than going on amazon or some other junk site and
0: their designs they're doing are awesome yeah, you know, they only have a few schools right now, but they're releasing a few every single month. And, you know, some other schools are playing a little bit hardball trying to get licensed out because this is actually a licensed company. So the nice thing is this isn't illegal <laughs> when they're taking this school's image. They're actually allowed to use them because they've got their approvals through the right channels. But the designs that they have are phenomenal. So I have three of the four eastern ones. Um, I just haven't got, you know, the skyline one because I, I don't really believe in the Cheney skyline. But that's just me. Everything else I've absolutely loved, and, you know, the um, their Chattanooga one. Man, that OWL logo mm-hmm. is pretty bitching. So, yeah, this is an awesome company. Please, guys, go support them. Um, you know, don't buy your Rivals gear, but buy everyone else's because they got some pretty sweet, sweet designs.
2: Yeah, like I said, walkon-apparel.com. I wish I'd have put that on the uh, profile here that you see. Uh, we'll drop it down in the uh, comments section uh, when we put the preview up, when this post podcast post but yes uh, we're passionate about their support and supporting them so uh, definitely pay attention to these guys and uh, hope that we can help them build their business and they'll build help build our podcast from that we go on to the patriot league which again one team and a bunch of huh but that one team holy cross is the only team that gave south dakota state any kind of game in the playoffs. That game was tied 21-21 entering the fourth quarter, or or right before before uh, the Jackrabbits scored three straight touchdowns. But Holy Cross returns darn near everybody. That they're going to run that league again. They're a, they should have a seed. I think they've got a. I'd have to look at the schedule. I think they've got an FBS game that they can threaten. Yeah, I think it's from a MAC school, so they're fine. that. So they'll definitely threaten there. Um, Fordham, Tim DeMora no longer there. So, unfortunately, they go from the mid to late teens down to the 40s because – and that might not be far enough. I just Is there stud he,
0: wide receiver stay? I have I not think he's him. gone too. I think he's
2: gone too, but I'm yeah, not sure.
0: Okay,
2: I'd have to look. Yeah, I, I meant to look that up too just to check on that guy, but I knew Demoret was gone. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, everybody else, yeah, gross. I mean, Colgate on down, around 100 on to the end, and that's what the Pioneer – League half of the Conference. There we go. Yeah, Holy Cross is going to be solid. Oh, Boston College. Oh, Boston, and they're going to get up for that
0: yeah. because
2: Holy Cross is in Worcester, which is just outside of Boston. So they're going to get up for that game.
0: Yeah,
2: and you know if they can even, even threaten an ACC team, uh, that that's you know for me that's a win. Obviously to them, it's not oh man,
0: they play Army they, too. Who got? I was gonna I was gonna Boston say last year.
1: I wonder how. Yeah. If they do lose both of them, right? Let let's just say. I wonder that how that affects them for seeding or the thought process of, you know, a team from this conference, two losses, even being FBS, compared okay. to a 10 and one team somewhere
0: else. Well, for which CAA team beat Army last year? Was it Maine? I'm not sure. Did Army Army Army? They're in transition. No, no. Delaware beat Navy. Never mind. Delaware, Delaware beat Navy. Uh, Navy. That was that. That uh, was the service academy. Yeah, that's that lost, that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, and-
2: But Army's still not very good either.
0: No. Unfortunately. Um, Yeah, looking at the schedule, you would think, you know, Holy Cross definitely has a chance to at least run the FCS table. And they have some teams like Yale. That's going to be a solid win for them if they get that. Harvard, you know, they'll probably just get a little bit of props. Um, If they can beat Army, that's going to help them out a lot. And then maybe they can get in going, you know, 10-1. and And, yeah, they'll be a seed, it seems like. Um, But, man, I don't know. I think too many people are buying into that close game versus South Dakota state as Holy cross is this top 10 team. Now I just don't think they are. I I do think, and and you can say this is, this is a horrible take or whatever. I think South Dakota state was looking forward to MSU. And I do think they were overlooking Holy cross just because that's kind of what you do when you're seeing a Patriot league team in there. And I do think Holy cross is good enough to where you can't overlook them. But I do not think that they are going to be a semi-final contender this year. I really just don't. Um, they'll probably get bounced in the second round. Maybe the quarters if they get a good second-round matchup, but I just don't really see it. Um, but, yeah, Holy Cross should be good. They're, they should be in everyone's top ten for sure. Yeah, my, my guess is they're going to wind up with, just like last year, New Hampshire in the second round. And
2: that yeah. was a game that they went in and, and won, and then they it's had to game. go to the Brookings. So – I'm looking for a similar result this year, I guess. So maybe that means they need to be number eight, not number six, but uh, we'll give them the the benefit of the doubt here at six, just because no matter
0: how far ahead South Dakota State was looking, they wrecked everybody else. Mm -hmm. But then they showed um, in one quarter that they could beat the shit out of them. Yeah, pretty much.
1: (laughs) Flip the switch.
0: All of these teams could be way, way down from where they are. Yeah, I really don't think Absolutely. a Pioneer League team would win the D3 playoffs. <laughs> I don't think they would. Maybe yeah, St. Davis Thomas because okay. they already St. were, St. right? St. Thomas is okay. Yeah. But this is, again, you're playing with less scholarships than every single D2 program in the nation, than every single NAIA team in the nation, right? I just I don't think the Pioneer League is good. St. Thomas, <laughs> there, there's people putting St. Thomas in the top 25 when literally, where do you have Southern Utah? Now you're a fanboy of the coach, so he might be a little bit yeah, higher. He's uh, higher. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like there's been a lot of arguments on Twitter about St. Thomas just being this ultimate powerhouse because, you know, they ran through the Pioneer League in their first transitional year. Yeah, they're playing with the same amount of scholarships that St. Thomas have been playing with forever. There has been no change. This is not a good conference. Um, I do not know why this is division one. If you're not playing with scholarships, you should not be in Division One. But that's that's I guess it doesn't matter to me. Um, yeah, I just don't think anyone in here is very good. Uh, I think they all should be ranked maximum eighty-five, and that should be St. Thomas.
2: Yeah, like I said earlier, I could have taken all of them and put them like whatever that is one fifteen to one twenty-seven or whatever, and we would have been fine.
0: But I feel bad yeah. for the Presbyterian. That that little experience, they tried. experiment did not work out too well no. <laughs> at all. I mean, it worked out great when you were playing, um, what was it, American College? Uh, yeah. I think the one that Matt's going to right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they played they the well University played of Phoenix
1: that. and then American Public and That's then uh, Southern New Hampshire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. Brutal. They really ran over ECPI, so. Yeah. Do you think San Diego has what it takes to get back in the driver's seat? I, I do think this is St. Thomas's. uh conference to run for the long period of time but you you think san diego's kind of dropped off that much
2: i think they have they just don't have anything anymore like you said i think this is going to be one of those things where every year until they decide to add scholarships st thomas st thomas st thomas yeah and they're gonna do like san diego did and they're gonna pop somebody in the playoff every now and then
1: but yeah saint st thomas is going to invest into football until the end of time outside of having scholarships that that's what that university does it's a Program built to win. Yeah, they're going to destroy the Pioneer League for as long as they're in they it. Until they're in
0: southern Utah and, and lose by 31 to a bum team. It's fine. That's right. they not a hater.
1: They'll beat some big sky teams every now and then in the playoffs. Seems to happen. Good.
0: I hope they all lose. Yeah.
2: And Davidson, they just run the ball all the time. So they'll yeah. fall off eventually, too. So we can move on. Now let's get to an actual good conference. And by some good conference, I mean the Southern Conference, and that's going to yeah. be a
0: good conference this yeah, year. Yeah, this, this is an underrated conference.
2: Yeah, I've got Sanford and Furman at four and five. Fair. Uh, I, I think that's where they belong right now. I, I would – yeah, I I don't disagree, Matt. You could flip them, and I wouldn't have an argument. Um, I know Kevin has Furman at two, uh, but that's Kevin. So minus three on everything he does, so i got him right in the right spot. Um,
1: <laughs> but why couldn't Furman be incarnate word this year? Why not? They got some makings of it. They could. They, yes. Don't
2: they, even bring it up to Kevin. He'll tell you there was a, a phantom call. But...
1: Balanced, balanced on, more balanced on both sides than most teams, I would say, is yeah, Furman. I, I think that's what th- makes them scary.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that if North, Carolina, North Dakota State had played Furman instead of Samford, they would have had a harder game because Samford had to play Crittenden because Hires wasn't there. And they hung with them for a while. I feel like Furman was a little bit more balanced, but Hires is back. Sanford has, you know, two of their top three receivers back. I know, you know, the number two guys go far and away better, but that's okay that the one that's gone. But I believe in that offense. Their defense has always been bad. So they just outscore it and they played decent. But Furman is so balanced. Um, talking to Keith Brake, Chattanooga has no quarterback. So I think that might be a team that falls um, now by no quarterback, a no quarterback that hasn't played it down in college. Mercer, when are they going to win that last game? They lost a VMI two years ago. <laughs> they lost that fireball for, uh, back and forth game versus Samford. Uh, Fred Payton's not there. Carter Peavy, who played in the uh, 2020 season, uh, we'll see. Uh, some of their fans apparently really like him. Uh, I- I'd like to see it. But Mercer's a team that could make a run. I mean, if you look at their schedule, they could definitely make a run, and I'd want to see them make the playoffs. They've been so close. From the spring season on, they've been right there every time, and they just can't get over that hump. Um, But if you want me to call out a dark horse team, um, watch Western Carolina. Yeah, their offense is really good. Yeah, third year with Kerwin Bell. I, I feel like the arrow's up there. I uh, also feel like 42 is fair to start because yeah. let's see them take that step. Yeah. But when you're looking at five really good teams in a in a pretty balanced conference, and those last three teams are garbage.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to um, ask North East you Tennessee, Tennessee a State. Let's see. <laughs> uh, yeah. I want to ask you a question because you know typically the, the SoCon has a lot of middle tier teams okay. and not really any exceptional team, but not really any bad team outside of maybe one. Now okay. we are seeing where they have a big gap. It seems like you have the have-nots and then the who you're going to struggle. Is this finally going to be the year where the good teams at the end of the season, aren't losing to the bad teams that is going to knock off their playoff chances by getting three teams, four teams. Cause I mean, you're looking at this conference and at least I am. And I see the SoCon could have potentially four teams in the playoffs. I really do think there's four playoff worthy teams coming from the SoCon. And I think overall, they're so much better than they were a few years ago. Uh But is that because we're seeing the haves and the have nots, and there's a bigger drop off between the haves and the have nots, and it's not as balanced as maybe we've seen in the last few years.
2: I think that's a key because when you got Wofford, Citadel, and VMI who are really bad, and those teams can click off three, then you know, Furman and Sanford, one of those probably goes undefeated in conference, and the other one maybe just loses the other team. And then those next three, if somebody can just have two conference losses and you know, have a respect. I don't know what their out of conference is. Yeah. You know, then we're looking at it. Like you said, a potential four bid team
0: league, if they can get past that bubble. Do you think the SoCon is better than CA? I
2: think the top of the SoCon might be, I mean, obviously I think Sanford and Furman are both better than William and Mary. If they played, I think they would both beat William and Mary. Uh, I think it'd be really good games. Um, when you get to that middle, I think New Hampshire is probably better than Chattanooga, Mercer, and Western Carolina. And then we'll see, you know, because I, I think the next – I've got Delaware at like 19, yeah. and then Villanova, Richmond right there. I think those would be good games. But I, I think overall if you take the top five teams of each, because, I mean, the 15 versus nine, the top five teams of each, I think the top five of the CAA is probably just a touch better, but the better teams are in the SOCON. Okay. If Fair that enough. makes any sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jamie, I want before you go on, I'm going to give my Furman comp and argument here. First things first, Illinois State in 2014. Here's my comp. Okay. I'm not going to go down Illinois State or anything, but last year, Furman is the 29th ranked offense. Okay. They're the 16th in time of possession. So they're able to hold the ball, right? This team this year is returning 18 starters. And they led the AFCS in turnovers gained. 29, okay? Pretty dang impressive, right? Dual threat quarterback and a hell of a running back. That will give teams like North Dakota State and some others a lot of fits. Now, here's the thing. 62nd ranked defense overall, but 16th in rushing defense, 115th in passing defense. And here's what's crazy is from what I can see in cornerbacks, is they only have like two seniors, I think a junior, and it's like all freshmen, sophomores. That pass defense is young, but line up against the North Dakota State, and Montana State, your pass defense might be the worst thing about you. Eh, might not be the worst thing, right? And you've got an offense that's balanced, can hold the ball, time of possession, eighteen pe- eighteen starters coming back. I don't know, man. That seems like a pretty vicious thing when you get quarterback, coach, offense, and balance.
0: They're going to be. That's good. why
1: more than just. They- more than me just pumping him up because I always call him my dark horse. That's a lot of statistics. I'm not anymore. calling
0: you out this year on it. I called you out yeah. last year saying, "Dude, I man, like he's him way too high on him every single year." Yeah. I'm not calling him out. I think Furman is a good, sexy pick.
2: Yep. And if you look at their defensive backs, Blackshear is a stud too. Yeah. So mm. just have I mean he's he's been there, but now he's got some help. I think so. He's not on like you know Blackshear Island where everybody else just gets lit up. I think there's a little bit more balance there. That that's a team to watch.
1: They get Mercer. Sure. They get Mercer at home, which is big, mm-hmm. um, but they are going to have to go on the road to Sanford. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Besides that, the schedule's pretty. You know, it is what it is. They'll go lose to South Carolina, but yeah, it is what it is. We'll have to see how it goes.
2: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've, I'm thinking they oh, might have SoCon. a semifinal team. From SoCon. We have the Southland Conference, which has two teams at a bunch of. Eh, Except for you know, at one fifteen, I've got Houston Christian, so I must be way off, Sean. Uh, Sean I mean, but Incarnate Word and Southeastern, I am punishing Incarnate Word for all the turnover because can they strike? Can lightning strike twice with that school? Maybe because Calzada beat Alabama two years ago, and now he's their quarterback. Kenny's gone; he took a ton of the team to Texas State, including most of their offensive line, but I think nine is fair. Um, you know, if, if they, if Kenny had stayed and kept all those
0: people, they're, they're probably four. So let's, let's see it. We may or may not have an incarnate word insider, um, if you will. And this is all we'll say again, we got to see what they do on the field, but from an insider that we will not name, um, apparently this is the fastest, biggest, most athletic defense that their coach has ever seen. And he's been with some big programs, right? They got a lot of transfers in there. And, you know, we bash on transfers all the time. But there's a difference in terms of I couldn't make it up my next team, so I'm dropping down, versus I got significant playing time. Their quarterback was a starter in the SEC who beat Bama, right? <laughs> that, that's that's impressive, and, and we – we didn't think what they could do with um you know uh lindsay scott i i, I was not sold out him in the beginning of the year then i watched Amazing. him actually live and i was like holy crap that was my biggest mistake um incarnate were just seems like one of those teams that reminds me of you know a sam houston or in eastern washington back in the day where they're just going to keep ro- reloading this offensive talent um and and yeah dude i would not be surprised if they became in a semifinal team or maybe be Maybe nine, maybe 15, um, just because of the replacement. We've got to see how they gel together and having a new new head coach. But I mean, this is such a fun team to watch.
2: Yeah. And so is Southeastern Louisiana. I think yeah. they'll be really good. So I think that that's uh, that game right there is appointment TV. Uh, you know, does, I, I know Eastern's playing Southeastern Louisiana. So that'll be cool to watch and to see how those different teams from different areas match up.
0: Yeah, when, when does AM start running this Southland Conference up? Because as a D2 team, this is one that had tons of resources, right? This isn't just your D2 team who's jumping up. This is a D2 team who had tons of resources jumping up. They were really successful in the D2 rankings. Um, when's, it, when's it time for them to start actually running this bad boy, or do you think they're always going to be a step behind, maybe the McNeese, the Southeastern Louisiana?
2: I mean, I think they've got a chance in a few years to maybe make some noise. Yeah, because I mean, they—I think they did last year. I think they beat somebody that shocked us. Yeah, uh, but
0: well, that, I remember they in their first transition when they were still kind of D two. They had the FBS win, New Mexico. Yeah, or New yeah. Mexico State or something like that.
2: That doesn't really count.
0: No, it was also in the spring and something weird. But um, yeah, I like the top two, and then you do see a big drop off. I do think one day McNeese is going to get back to where they should. They should every single year be running the south. I mean, that's just my opinion of them. There should be no year where Southeastern Louisiana is better than McNeese, but the last few years, that's exactly what it has been. But McNeese should be the team to beat in this conference, and they're just not. They're not anymore. Yeah. I like the top two. Yep, Everything that conference does just
2: caters to McNeese, caters to Lake Charles, and I don't know where that football team is, but back to Commerce, they actually beat Southeastern Louisiana last year. Okay, yeah. So. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a team to call out and watch as they become eligible in, what, three more years probably. Right. So now we've got the SWAC, our other HBCU, our other um, Celebration Bowl team. I split these east and west just so you can see what teams play in which division. Um, Clearly the two best teams are in the east, and I don't have Jackson State ranked. I think they lost too much. I don't think Prime's a great coach. I think it's a great recruiter. I think the coach they have is probably a better coach. He's just not going to have as good of players. And Florida A&M still has an excellent coach, has a lot of players coming back. And, I mean, they could be ranked, in my opinion. or uh, close to it. But everybody else kind of falls off from there. You see they got a couple in the 100s. But I think Florida A&M is going to be their representative in the Celebration Bowl this year. Um, and they'll probably play Southern or Prairie View in the, uh, on the other side.
0: Now, Jackson state still does have talent right uh, they didn't they didn't lose all their talent they still have had really good recruiting classes under Sanders uh but you know they still have quite a bit of talent but we're looking at you know a Jackson state the last few years who had legit power five caliber talent on this team and sure they ran through it but they they stumbled a few times um especially in the celebration bowl and also like against Tennessee state we're kind of like They should just be pulling away from them. I think they won by 9 or 10. Um, But, yeah, I I actually like Florida A&M over Jackson State right now, but a lot of people are going to hate on us for that. uh, I've already been trolled on Twitter for that. But I I just think, as of right now, the talent level is now more even kill. And now we'll say, who is the better coach? Where just the last few years, it was just a complete difference in terms of talent on both sides of the field. Whereas just, guess what? I don't care if you out coach me, I still have more talent. You got to try and catch me. I mean, that, that's kind of what Jackson state was playing with where now it is probably a little more even keeled. They probably still do have a little bit more talent than anyone else in the SWAC, but um it's at least quite a bit of a closer gap instead of just being the SWAC compared to a power five team.
2: Yeah. And I do think they, they hired a good coach. I, yeah. I, so I, I think that team's still going to beat a bunch of people, but I dropped them way down because I just want to see what they can do. I I, I still think, I think Florida name better. I, and I think, um, unfortunately, the SWAC is much worse than the MEAC overall. I'm rooting for PV,
0: baby. Yeah, go, go with the one that's close to home. Hockley, baby. Right out there by Prairie View. That's right. Matt, that, any thoughts here?
1: I'm just hoping to see a little bit more of a jump for Southern. I've always I've always got a, um, I don't know, I like the jersey color. I like the history there with the Jaguars. And last year they got blasted by JSU when they first played them. But then, you know, in the, you know, when they played them in the second time, it wasn't as bad. Also, they only lost by like 14 points when they played the Rattlers. So I think they've got some good returning talent and I know you've got them ranked 51st. Obviously that would create a matchup here uh, again between Rattlers, Jaguars, but I'm just hoping for Southern to maybe take a little bit more of a bump and maybe be a little bit of a surprise team. I think it's a good historical program up there, right?
0: Because cause back coming from Washington, right, before I really moved down here, before I started following the FCS quite a, you know, frequently, I didn't really know much about HBCUs and the SWAC in general, but I knew about Grambling, I knew about Alcorn, and that was kind of about it from these programs. So, man, it'd be really nice to see Grambling, you know, become the power again, but that's just me. Um, I like to see traditional powers stay in power. Unless it's North Dakota State and Montana, then screw you guys. You guys can all die. But everyone else, I kind of like to see those powers stay in power. I think it is good for the FCS with a little bit of um, moving around. But, yeah, it's sad to see these big top-tier historic programs just kind of fall off the face of the earth. And while we're still here, I was in Atlanta uh, about a month ago, and
2: that's where the College Football Hall of Fame is. Yeah, I got the opportunity to go in there and walk those halls. And they have a really, really cool HBCU exhibit. Um, so it was good to have the background of some of these teams when I walk in there to have some familiarity with it. They also had the bust of the uh, Walter Payton and the Jerry Rice Award, which, of course, I vote for, which I thought was really cool. Sick. So you know, I only had about 30 minutes to go through there before it closed, but I was taking the opportunity because I was there. So if you're ever in the Atlanta area, you should absolutely go to the College Football Hall of Fame and you should absolutely check out the HBCU exhibit and the Rivalries exhibit. Absolutely. And then our final conference. What is this? One with a new name. They stole the logo.
1: That's an airline. But you
2: know what? This is going to be a good conference. I feel like this is a good, balanced conference. Mm. And you see I have Eastern Kentucky and Austin P, the highest rank right now. I want to see it. I want to make sure the, the coaching is good and that the execution is good.
1: I think Central Arkansas could win this conference. Dang, call yeah. Man, I mean, the stat to be fair, the stat's top twenty-five has them at number twenty-two. And unless that's I'm just missing, Craig, that's just Craig
2: Haley's ballot.
1: Oh, that's just Craig Haley's ballot. But yeah. you know, that's that's a reputable source right there. Craig Haley's got him at number twenty-two. Okay. It's because so, they have so
0: much talent. If you look at all the all American yeah. sites, like Central Arkansas out of nowhere, and it's not out of nowhere if you've been following them, right? They always have talent, but Shoot. I mean, they're loaded with all Americans from a team that wasn't very good last year. They're still loaded with all this talent. So they should have some giant strides this year.
2: Yeah, they got Will McElvain a quarterback who, if you're a Valley fan, you've heard of him uh, formula him in Northern Iowa. Mm-hmm. They pulled Shunderek Powell, who was the only thing that North Alabama even had to pair with Darius Hale. So that's just wild. I know they're replacing some receivers. You got Walker on the defense, who's a Buchanan top five guy. You got it. I know there's a guy in the secondary. Will, I, I know, Will Siler could rattle it off. But I think this is a really good team. Mm-hmm. I think Eastern Kentucky and Austin, I think Eastern Kentucky is good. I want to, Austin P. I mean, I don't, as I think about it, they would be the one team in my top 25 that I would probably take out right now if you said, oh, you've got to take somebody out other than maybe like Gardner-Webb. Uh, but I'm giving Gardner-Webb a little bit of a, a bump just because of their season last year, just to give them a little bit of a, you know, profile, but also P would be the team, but they could also be a team that goes up into the top 20, 25. And then you've got Abilene Christian, SFA. What happens with your guys'
0: semifinal pick of SFA?
1: Did not work out.
0: Huh? Huh? I'm going to be, this year's year's purple and
1: white team, this year's purple and white team that I'm picking will do better than last year's purple and white team.
0: So you're picking Tarleton?
1: for the semi
0: <laughs> semifinals. Um, no, I actually agree with a lot of the things you said, just Jamie. I, I do think this is a fun conference, right? It's the whack and the A-Sun put together. I hope, hopefully I think this should, this should just stay. I do think this is a really fun conference with a lot of teams that have a lot of potential. Uh, I, I think Tarleton state, it's not going to take long before they're jumping up here and, you know, at least being a top two person in this conference, Central Arkansas, we mentioned it. They got a lot of talent. Abilene Christian, they have the facilities, they have the money, they have a lot of offensive weapons. They're gonna be a fun program to watch. Steven mm-hmm. F Awesome, man, they have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. It'll just we gotta see if they can actually put it together. Um, I'm not that sold on awesome p and I do think EKU is a little bit overrated. You can't lose a Gardner Webb. Um, but you did. We'll talk about that. But no, this is a this is a fun little conference, and I do think it's it's really solid. I don't see any title contenders. I don't see anyone that's going to make it into, you know, the semifinals. But this is a conference where if they get someone in the postseason, and maybe they even get two in the postseason, they potentially could, you're going to have to prep for these teams. There's some good talent in this, you know, partnership of a conference, even though this looks like, you know, the post office logo. Um, United Airlines mixed with the post office. I don't like it. But other than that, man, yeah, this will be a fun conference to watch out for. And it's just we need more conferences in the South that are really going to start to, you know, push forward. Um, the SOCOM looks like it's going to be strong. The top two in the South one look like they're going to be strong. Then you have this one, which looks like it's going to be extremely balanced. I mean, is South football rising again? Uh, it's, it's going to be fun to watch in the FCS.
2: Yeah. And, you, I'm, you know, I'm not going to let us get out of here without, you know, mentioning Southern Utah. I, I do have, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I like the coach, obviously. And, uh, you know, we, we chat he's he's realistic about his team, but I think he's got an offense. I think they can
0: score. Yeah. He's, you know, I I think he's happy with where his team is going. I think he put him in a, a good, I'd probably put Tarleton above them. Just me. But I mean, um, you know, between Abilene Christian and Tarleton, I don't think there's a big drop off. I don't think there's 30 spots drop off. I think they're all pretty similar. Um, and it'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Coach, Coach Fitzgerald, uh,
2: Gave me a little crap, but he, at the end of the year, they thought I was fairly fair with uh, where I have him and his team. But he's And he knows what his schedule looks like, but I, I think there's an offense that's going to score some points and a defense that has some holes that um, need to be worked on throughout the year, um, but has the opportunity to get better. So hopefully in the next couple of years, they'll be way up there.
0: Dang, um, that big of a, a drop off from Utah, Tech in North Alabama, though. That's, that's yeah. going to be one to watch out for.
2: Well, North Alabama was 0 for last year, so they don't get the rise but so high. I mean, they're probably, they could probably beat every Pioneer team, but um, still, I yeah. just, they, they don't, they don't, they don't get any benefit of the doubt till they win. So I know you can't completely see it over here, but I have 26 through 127, just so, as we've gone through all the conferences and talked through everything. Now you'll see where all the teams are ranked in, in order. We're going to start here with the 26 through 127. Like I said, anybody from like 26 to 35, 37, uh, probably 35ish, I considered ranking and may appear in the rankings. I'm sure there's somebody that's going to come from the 70s and 90s out of nowhere. That'll be good. I mean, obviously things change year after year, and you know teams jump up. So I, I'd like to see a couple teams jump up, maybe a you know a, a Maine or a South Dakota or. Even a nickel. I've always liked nickels, and I don't know what happened in the last few years. Would love to see them return to prominence there. Then from there, this is the one that everybody's seen. These are my top 25 teams as we enter the season. uh, We're, what, three weeks away from week zero? So this will change quickly. I think we all know I'm not afraid to make drastic changes as results come in.
1: Jamie, to yeah, to set, you know, we do have a few fan questions here at the, towards the end of the podcast. And we've got three of them that we selected. Normally, we get all the questions out, guys. But, of course, we've got a special episode here uh, with the top 127. So Joe Gass of the Delaware Fighting Blue Hawks, since you just pulled up your 2023 top 25, he says, who of the preseason top 25 would you bet not to make the playoffs? Kyler, I think you kind of already made a call out here. But uh, you got a team on here that you're convinced won't be in the playoff field? Other than North Carolina Central, because that's a given.
0: Right? Yeah, I was going to say, they're going to be over in the the Celebration Bowl. Um, Yeah, I don't think we're going to see five Big Sky teams. Take Weber State out of there. I don't think they make the playoffs.
1: Get the Weber State hate. I I did mention that at the end of last year's finale podcast, of being like, I don't know if the offense is just going to, click with the different hire, but, but we'll see. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out for them. Jamie, do you have one to hear? I mean, it's your top 25, so you would hate to rip it apart. I sh- oh, I can rip really it apart. I mean, question.
2: Yeah. I mean, Chad, new and Austin P I know I went right to the bottom of it, but Chad, new and Austin P I, I can see both of those teams missing. missing. I think Kyler's right. One of those big Sky teams will fall fall off. Uh, so obviously um, central won't make it, but they will be in the celebration bowl. Gardner Webb might get beat in there. will probably not win their conference, which means they're not getting in because they're in with Southeast Missouri state. So they won't make the playoffs either. So I think it's, it's, it's that from there, that's, that's pretty easy. What do you think, Matt?
1: Yeah. I mean, Anybody I, else? it seems like such a cop-out because you've got them here at number 25, but, I understand the talent and the running back and the things of Youngstown State and the hope. And I love our followers of Youngstown State on the FCS fans page. They, they give us so much uh, good quality statistics and stats. And I really like the fan base a lot. But especially when I look at their schedule, I know that they're avoiding North Dakota State. But, you know, they are versus South Dakota State. Well, South Dakota State's going to kill them. And then I'm just looking down the line. You're going to have to go to you and I. That's going to be incredibly difficult. They're going to get blasted by Ohio State, obviously. You're going to play Valpo and Robert Morris in your out-of-conference schedule.
0: Jealous. And then, can you yeah. Make be, fun of the CAA. So, good lord. <laughs> be, As I play southeastern Louisiana North Dakota State in ours. Yeah, I'm I mean, be,
1: I mean, is, 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 can you just get seven, eight wins in the Valley and just get in with, and you play Murray State, Indiana State, Illinois State, Missouri State, South Dakota – Robert Morris Valpo and then I guess Southern Illinois might be an okay win but you've got to win all those too. So I guess I'm just not convinced that Youngstown is like the third Valley team in and definitely not the fourth one. So that would be my pick to be out.
0: Well there is the fifth pick. one.
1: There's a fifth one on my my list. So that's and I don't know if list. you
0: know this Matt but yeah the top you know the 25th team doesn't make the playoffs.
1: What? I thought we expanded to 32. And I thought the top sixteen were seated. I thought I saw all this on Twitter. So
0: um way to make a cop out answer. So Oh
1: uh, well, I'm the guy wearing it. Who's FBI not gonna shirt, make it probably what do you want from me? probably number twenty-five? Everybody makes it in the end. In the FBI. top
0: twenty-five don't even make the playoffs. Good job, Matt
1: uh american public university uh all right good one um jamie let's move into joshua hoffman's question if you're okay with it what team improved its rating the most this offseason which fell off the most do you have a team where you were like dang i did not expect them to put them here even on your prior slide with the top 127 you have one that you jumped way up and one that went way down well
2: i'll start with way down and there's two and it's just because of what they lost, and that's Fordham and Jackson State. I mean, both were solid top 15 to 20 last year, and now they're in the 30s and 40s. So that that's that's easy. As far as somebody that I have higher, UC Davis missing the playoffs has a losing record. And I've got them at 15, which may be way high, but for some reason, I really like that team this year. Uh, Kyler Bay. Rip me apart, and tell me I'm crazy, but I have got them way higher than I would have had at the end
0: of last year. I think UC Davis is solid. They had a brutal schedule last year. Um they're they're really one of the only teams that actually gave South Dakota State run for their money, if you think of it that way. Yep. Um, them and UNI, that's about it. Everyone else just got demolished. Um I don't know which which team fell off the most. I don't I don't know. Um maybe
1: Jamie's answer is pretty dang good. Yeah. Those are, I those mean, are
0: Fordham, especially if the wide receivers gone, did you, did we fact check that? I have not. Cause of course we know, you know, Tosh point cousin is gone. Tim DeMora, but um, their wide receiver was a stud. They had two actually beastly wide receivers. I don't know if any of them stayed or not. I did not pay attention. I don't think I have just this giant drop off outside of, you know, I keep saying Weeper state, but you know, they're probably going to surprise me. They're probably going to make the playoffs just because I'm so mean to them right now, but um, I've been pretty accurate the last few years when I talk about Weber State. So we'll see what happens with them. Um, as for the team that's probably going to improve the most, I mean, it's crazy to kind of think, but it's a combat answer, too. Probably Idaho, right? Um, I think they were two years already ahead of schedule. So if they can figure out a few things that were missing from last year's brand-new team, basically, and they can gel a little bit better this year, uh, they could be one of those teams that can give us scare. I mean, you know, when you're taking – Taking offensive, you know, offensive lessons from South Dakota State and building this tight end core and wide receiver core and quarterbacks, um, and you know their defensive front. Yeah, I don't know. There's there just seems to be a spark in Idaho right now that could be pretty terrifying to the rest of the Big Sky if they can get it gelling.
1: Idaho will be terrifying. They'll also get a win from when they face Sacramento State, who is not making the playoffs. Sac State.
0: Pull up Sac State's schedule, though. I didn't look at it. Someone at, told me they have a
1: at Stanford, at Idaho versus yeah. Montana State, at Montana, at yeah. UC Davis. No
2: playoffs. That's tough. Yeah, I confirm the the uh, Fordham receiver is no longer uh, yeah, there. Yeah, that's gonna be tough.
0: That's a big drop off. Then.
1: Yeah, I really, I hope we're big enough on this podcast, which we're not, to where like Sac State's Twitter just clips that. And then when they have a seed and a buy,
0: they're just like, "Look at this moron." We're always disrespected every single year. Disrespected, sure. right here. Um, they were really good last year, but they lost all a of lot. The defense, you know, out- <laughs> they did get Carson school. Camp. Yeah, and they're still actually pretty loaded on the offensive scheme. Um, but Marcus no, you know, Folter, good there. running back. Yeah, yeah, he's he's solid.
1: Brutal yeah, schedule. Be a top guy not in the big still.
0: Guy. Yeah, they'll but be yeah, they'll that's be a fine offensively. Schedule. But um, yeah, I don't hate that pick, Matt.
1: Jamie Williams, Uh, we will get to every fan question in our upcoming episodes, which will return weekly throughout the season. But what do you have us here for the finale of your presentation, which we are so thankful you shared. And the rest of the FCS should appreciate the living hell out of how amazing and how much hard work you put into this stuff. I'll let you kind of get your finale thoughts in here, my man.
2: Well, Well, that's it. I mean, obviously, if you want to see where I've got anybody ranked, You know, pause it on this screen, pause on the screen before uh, about about five minutes back and find where your team is. And I'm sure I'm sleeping on most of them. Uh, That's okay. Um, We'll let the, the teams play it out on the field. And as we go through the season, my rankings will absolutely reflect that. I think everybody knows I don't have an issue making big moves and I'll always put out every week. This is coming out. Hopefully I'll be able to do the weekly pod that I did where I put my defense's to why I did what I did. Of course, I'm not always going to get it right. Um, clearly didn't last year. Didn't Nobody ever gets it right right away. But uh, I think I got one of them right near the top, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be fun. It's fun to talk about when people can have, you know, respect in their comments. Um, you know, point out what you think I did wrong. I'm good with that because I probably did something wrong. I, I would love to be able to just pour through 127 teams, rosters top to bottom. What did they have last year to this year? Can't catch everything, but I do my best.
1: You do a phenomenal job, and if everybody put in the effort you did on the official polls, we wouldn't even remotely question the the poll itself. And the majority of the voters that Craig Haley's got, they do do a heck of a job. So uh, there's going to be polls from here. I would challenge
2: every single –
1: I'm sorry, Matt. I would challenge every single
2: voter to post their top 25 every single week. You don't always have to do a pod or an article to defend it like Sam Herter does or a pod like I've done or hopefully Joe and Sean are going to do. And God, I can't wait to see that, just to hear what Sean says, because I'd love to hear it.
1: But I would challenge every voter to at least post your top 25. All it does is increase
2: the integrity of this poll.
1: Absolutely. And we love to see the results. For anyone who hates preseason polls, we wouldn't have anything to talk about. So I absolutely love it. And Jamie, your efforts are truly appreciated. Uh, a few housekeeping notes here, because we're about to continue season seven, might have one more last second off-season episode over the next couple of weeks, but guaranteed the week before kickoff, we will have our initial fan question podcast make sure you guys continue to join and subscribe onto our Facebook and Twitter page. We are up over 14,000 fans in Facebook. We're just, we're pushing near 6,000 followers on Twitter. So we appreciate you guys there. We do a lot of engaging polls and information with that stuff. Our sponsor walk on apparel collegiate gear. Um, we've never had a sponsor before because we don't do any of this for money whatsoever, but we took on walk on apparel because we know the guys through this podcast network and through, our personal relationships and what this FCS thing has been. So we were like, listen, they're starting a business. So let's help them out in some way. And that's why we did this. So we always will put more money than comes back to us into this podcast, but that's because we do it as friends and we enjoy it. So walk on apparel, support the schools. It's a great, great, great thing to do. Besides that, we truly appreciate you guys listening to the FCS fans nation podcast, and we are excited to get back into the regular season. I love any final thoughts before we leave our season intro episode of season seven.
0: Get prepared for some really bad takes from me this year. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm not going to be able to watch as much as I normally do. So I'm going to have some horrible takes uh, way worse than normal. Uh, but nope, I got nothing else, man. I got to get up at 3am. So uh, I love seeing all your faces, but I'm ready for this to be over.
1: Yes, basically everybody in this podcast and why the off-season stuff did not happen is because we all got promoted, and life is going pretty good for everybody, but just keeps getting busier. We'll continue everything from here on out, though. Jamie, Kyler, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody else, enjoy the next few weeks of freedom because you'll be glued to your TVs and in the tailgate lots. FCS Football 2023 is on the way. Thank you so much for listening to the FCS Fans Nation podcast. Catch you guys soon, weekly, boom. Thank you for listening to the FCS Fans Nation podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast on your preferred listening platform, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, or even YouTube. And make sure to follow our FCS Fans Nation social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for listening to the premier podcast for FCS football. Bo. That's a bold strategy, Cotton.
0: Bold yeah. strategy, Cotton. Let's,
1: Let's, see what see what out out. <laughs> Let's see how it plays out. let see how it plays out.